0: This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 119, with Amanda B. Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscherrn.
0: Hello, everyone. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at a very exciting cryptocurrency. Called Dash. Now, I have covered cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically in the show before. In episode 27, we spoke to Jeff Berwick about Bitcoin, as well as in episode 39, we discussed Bitcoin in more detail with Roger Veer. And in episode 58, I discussed exactly what cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies are. And in episode 59, I discussed Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and blockchain business opportunities with Dean Walsh. In today's episode, I'm super excited to have Amanda B. Johnson on the show from Dash. Amanda B. Johnson is the world's first person to be paid by blockchain to produce videos. She works for the Dash Network as the host and writer of the weekly YouTube series Dash Detailed. Prior to joining Dash, Amanda was a journalist and opinion writer at cryptocurrency news outlets Cointelegraph, Bitcoin Magazine, and Bitcoin.com. In the cryptocurrency space, there's a couple of cryptocurrencies that are really pulling ahead and separating themselves from the pack. Bitcoin has become more and more popular and has seen an enormous surge in its value and pricing. Ethereum has been one of the top cryptocurrencies now for a while. And recently, Monero has also grown in popularity. The one currency that is really exciting And addressing a lot of the challenges that other cryptocurrencies face is Dash. And there are a lot of exciting things happening with Dash. Now, Dash is a privacy-centric digital currency with instant transactions. It is based on the Bitcoin software, but it has a two-tier network that improves it. Dash allows you to remain anonymous while you make transactions, similar to cash, Now, with Bitcoin, transactions are published to the blockchain, and you can prove who made them or to whom, but the Dash anonymization technology makes it impossible to trace them. This is important because the blockchain is accessible to anyone with an internet connection, a significant drawback for those that don't wish their transaction history and balances to be publicly available. Dash does this through an amazing mixing protocol, utilizing an innovative decentralized network of servers called masternodes, avoiding the need for a trusted third party that could compromise the integrity of the system. Dash transactions are almost instantly confirmed by the masternodes network. This is a great improvement on Bitcoin's system where confirmations take much longer because all of the work is done by miners. For more information on Dash, you can also go to dash.org where you can download the white paper on Dash. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja, one word, all capitalized to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start and how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. Globally, coffee is a $90 billion industry and international coffee farms offers a sustainable income opportunity through offshore sustainable agriculture. You can own a parcel of your very own cash-flowing specialty coffee farm in Panama. For more information on this income opportunity, you can download your free report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. Listeners of the Cashflow Ninja can grab a free audiobook download from Audible when you try Audible for 30 days. You can grab your free audiobook download at cashflowninjabook.com. Amanda, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners?
2: Sure. I first heard of cryptocurrency, and let me first just tell you what that word means, because it's a new and interesting word. Uh, Cryptocurrency is short for cryptographic currency. Cryptography being a form of mathematics that's basically and often used to secure information online so that private information can be passed privately uh, among different individuals online. So I heard first heard of cryptocurrency, the first one being Bitcoin, in I think early 2013. And at the time it sounded pretty, pretty nerdy to me, not something that I was interested in getting involved in at all. And a few months passed, and an acquaintance of mine uh, named Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, he is uh, the the web the lead uh, like web development outreach guy at the Foundation for Economic Education, Fee. Right. Yeah, he reached out and said, "Hey, have you heard of this Bitcoin thing?" And I said, "Well, yes, I I've heard mention of it." And he said, "You've got to have some because." it has the potential to be a whole new alternative monetary system. And I said, well, that sounds interesting. I hadn't really thought of it that way. And so he sent me a bit, and he said, go try to buy yourself a t-shirt or something. And that was my first exposure to it. Now, at this point, I did not try to go buy myself a t-shirt. I did not do anything with this stuff because it appeared so strange to me uh there it was a little app it was a little app on my tablet and every i almost didn't even want to click on it i felt like i might break the bitcoin or mess it up or lose it and and i was pretty intimidated by the whole experience and it may have remained that way indefinitely if, a couple of months after that, uh, Jeffrey hadn't messaged me again and said, hey, I'm going to present Bitcoin at uh, the Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. I would like you to be on my panel, so would you go ahead and get ready for that? And so I just, I took it myself on a deep dive of, of self-education as much as I could, I watched as many videos on cryptocurrency as I could online I took the Khan Academy series and basically just went through every every resource that I could and it was through that process that my interest was first sparked as a person who just likes to look at systems especially monetary systems and and make predictions on what people are going to do in that monetary system what the what the incentives that are present will prompt them to do and so this led me to writing articles for various cryptocurrency news outlets i wrote both news pieces and opinion pieces at coin telegraph and bitcoin.com and bitcoin magazine and Over the course of the last few years, I decided to move on to doing my own news reporting of sorts. And so I started a YouTube channel a year and a half ago. It was called The Daily Decrypt. And I reported on all sorts of cryptocurrencies, uh, as I call them, competing cryptocurrencies. And, And that was fun, and I learned a lot. But one of the things that I learned is that among these hundreds, and there are hundreds of competing digital currencies, they're not all created equal. There, there are definite uh, quality variations among them. There are definite differences in the visions and talent and experience levels of the people behind these networks. And so I wanted to shift my work and efforts behind a single cryptocurrency, which I personally thought had the best chance of coming out ahead in this currency competition. And so for me, the choice was a cryptocurrency called Dash. That's a portmanteau of digital cash. And so I Applied for a job, basically, with the Dash Network last summer. And since then, I've been publishing a weekly YouTube series called Dash Details that keeps viewers in the know about what's going on with Dash Digital Cash.
0: Very, very interesting. Now, you had mentioned... A cryptocurrency network, and thank you also for explaining what a cryptocurrency is, because there might be some new listeners out there that's not quite that familiar with with cryptocurrencies. But what is a cryptocurrency network, and how does it operate, and what is the goal of the network?
2: Sure, happy to tell you. So the most basic way it I could explain a cryptocurrency network is, is a network of computers that maintain a common digital ledger. And 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 probably most anyone is familiar with the concept of a ledger in that it is a document that tracks ownership and changes of ownership. So, of course, the most basic kind of ledger is MC has three sheep and Amanda has two sheep. And if we ever exchange any sheep, we would update the ledger to reflect that. In the long and short of it is that that is the basic task of any cryptocurrency. And perhaps the term cryptocurrency isn't even the most accurate one to use because all of them are aspiring to be, to one day be considered a currency, a la the yuan or the dollar or the yen, but none of them, in my opinion, has reached that status yet. I don't think that any of them could currently be considered more than a speculative instrument hoping to one day be money. So the network, in short, is the instances, generally all around the world, of real people who own real computers which host a copy of the commonly updated ledger that records the transfer of the native little units, you know, the tokens on on the Bitcoin ledger, the tokens are called Bitcoin. On the Dash ledger, the tokens are called Dash. And we basically just keep a record of the transfers of them.
0: Very interesting. What are some of the challenges that you see that these uh, cryptocurrencies have of actually becoming uh, money, as you'd mentioned, the medium of exchange, uh, such as a dollar or a yuan, and so forth?
2: That is the question of the day, MC. That is the <laughs> million-dollar question in the in what I call the crypto sphere, and and at Dash, we think we. We might have honed in on the answer, which is that these crypto tokens, I'll just call them crypto tokens, these crypto tokens are rather difficult to use. Uh, they're not plug and play. They're not click and go. Uh, in order to safely use one at this point in time, one has to have a basic understanding of how public private key cryptography works. Now, let me give a little explainer on that. So, the way that the ledger is able to keep track of how many tokens you own, MC, is that you have a set of keys. You have your public key, which is uh, basically your address. And that is where, that is a long string, it's a terribly ugly long string of numbers and letters, and that is the quote-unquote address where people could send you some tokens if they wanted to. Now, in order for you to ever be able to move tokens out of that address, that horribly long string of numbers and letters, you must also have the corresponding private key, and the private key is an even longer string of numbers and letters. We're talking 40, perhaps 40 characters long. It's, it's, it's long. It looks like alien language. And so what wallets do, and I'm talking software wallets, like a, you, if, you would have, if you would have a Dash wallet that had Dash tokens in it, To send Dash, you would tell your wallet, hey, I want to send a half a Dash to Amanda. And what your wallet would do is take your private key and sign a little message that tells the ledger, uh, the the network, that you want to change ownership of that half a Dash from your public address to Amanda's public address. And so when when you have to have, and, and that's just the... That's that's the simplest task you have to understand. Don't even get me started on what you have to do to secure your funds. Because in order to secure your funds, MC, of course you need to make a backup of that private key. Because if the smartphone that has your dash on it ever gets destroyed and you didn't have a backup of your private key, your your dash or your Bitcoin is gone. And so it's these sort of user experiences which people are currently having to deal with, which has to do with cryptography and has to do with being uh, a, a, a somewhat tech-savvy user who knows their way around computers. Uh, we at Dash don't think that, that such a thing would ever take off and go mainstream. Uh, by definition, money is the most widely used commodity in a society. So if our mothers and our grandmothers don't feel comfortable with using something, it's completely unreasonable for us to expect that such a thing could ever possibly become money. So the brilliant developers at Dash, of which I am not one, I wish, but the brilliant developers at Dash are currently in the process of we are basically turning cryptocurrency on its head in that we are writing the code to make it feel like you're not using cryptocurrency. When we are done and finished, which should be by the end of this year, uh, the, the product launch will be called Dash Evolution. Using Dash should and will feel more like using PayPal or Venmo, but you will be your own bank. You won't have to sign up with third-party services in order to get the third-party nice experience.
0: Very, very exciting stuff. And yeah, it's, it, it sounds like a lot. And I, a mutual contact of ours have has described the cryptocurrencies right now or tokens. And Round about where the internet was in 1994. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I grew up in South Africa, so it was even more slower there. And I remember, you know, these dial-ups that we had and, and so forth. So yeah, I, I, I can see kind of similarities where the, the, the user friendliness of it had its challenges in, in both beginnings, in both of these spaces
2: yeah that that's a parallel that's made frequently and and it may well hold true
0: now. Let's talk about the state of the cryptocurrency space and blockchain space. There's obviously a lot of excitement going on. What is your take on bitcoin currently? There's been some significant surges in the price, obviously, and some of its some of the other currencies that are in there as well
2: sure so Dash has a Bitcoin code base. So we think that that the code base of Bitcoin itself is useful. However, in my opinion, and in the opinion of of, I think pretty much everyone who owns Dash, uh, Bitcoin was was a, a foundation, like a great, strong, foundation but it's only a foundation bitcoin the network the bitcoin the software the crypto token is completely lacking in walls in plumbing in a roof in windows it it remains just a base basic foundation and because nothing because nearly nothing was ever built on top of it Uh, It has some major systemic problems that are slowly eroding it as a foundation, actually. Uh, To give you an example, so when Bitcoin was first invented, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin, the pseudonymous inventor, we don't know who he or they were or are, but he did publish uh, an extensive white paper. And in his white paper, he describes the Bitcoin system as one in which everybody who uses it keeps a copy of the ledger themselves on their home computer. And that's the way it was for the first two, three, maybe four years. But then a few years ago, things changed. Uh, Firstly... People stopped mining, and mining is the process by which one uses one's computer to add security to the ledger. So a few years ago, uh, mining became more of a professional venture than something that the average Bitcoin user could do at home. And so when the average Bitcoin user stopped mining, they also stopped carrying a complete copy of the ledger because why would they? It's, I believe it's many gigabytes large. And so it would slow down your average home computer. I remember when I had a full copy of the Bitcoin ledger on my computer and it slowed my laptop down so much that I had to delete it. And so when this sort of thing began happening... It changed the governance of Bitcoin. Now let me describe what I mean by governance. In cryptocurrency and in, I guess, anything, not just cryptocurrency, but in anything, I would say that governance is the process by which decisions to change something are made. And since the codes of all of these cryptocurrencies are open source, the code is very much open to be changed and people are frequently submitting changes to it. So the question of cryptocurrency governance, then, is the users must decide, should we adopt this change or should we not? Now, prior to people beginning to delete the Bitcoin ledger from their computers and prior to them giving up on mining, anybody who was a miner had a say in governance, because that's how Bitcoin governance works. However however much mining power you have, you have a corresponding amount of power to decide whether changes get made. So once more and more people could no longer afford to have that power, or rather they chose not to take on being a miner as a full-time life career, uh, the the power to make decisions in bitcoin began to fall to increasingly fewer people and what's more it, it appears that many of the people mining may not actually be keeping and holding any bitcoin meaning they're not it, they're not investors they're right. not necessarily staked in the outcome of bitcoin because in all likelihood, they sell it all after they mine it. And so this has led to a situation in which some very poor decisions are being made in Bitcoin. The primary one among them is an artificial cap on their processing capacity. Currently, Bitcoin can process no more than about five transactions per second. And just today, that has led to an all-time high backlog of more than eighty thousand individual bitcoin transactions sitting in an unprocessed pool of transactions and these are users just waiting for their transaction to get entered into the ledger and it's not happening for them it may happen in an hour for them it may happen in ten hours it may happen in three days they have no idea and what's more they have no idea how much money they should pay to get included in a reasonable amount of time it's a guessing game sometimes the correct fee is 75 cents sometimes the correct fee is two dollars and bitcoins average fees have doubled every year for the past three years and this trend is going to continue and so it's it's not a sustainable system
0: and so that I've heard about the speed issues the other one is the privacy issues or that Bitcoin has, that it looks like Dash has been able to solve and improve upon. Can you sp- share a little bit about that?
2: Sure. So when Bitcoin first came out, uh, many people, probably myself included, thought, "Good heavens, this is, you know, this is more private than a Swiss bank account because all my address on the ledger is is a series of numbers and letters." Uh, how, how more private could you get than that, than a series of numbers and letters that you can generate on your own from your own wallet? What came to be realized over the years following, however, is that as soon as you interact with somebody, say, I wanted, say, say you wanted to send me a quarter of a Bitcoin MC, in order for you to be able to send it to me, I would have to provide you with my address my string of numbers and letters, and once I have provided you with that address, once you know it, you can then see everything I did with that address before I gave it to you, and you will be able to continue monitoring it on the ledger after I've given it to you for as long as you want. And so the the privacy problem comes in then in that In order to be able to send or receive from anybody, you have to reveal one of your addresses. Oh, and and by the way, MC, once you had sent me that quarter of a Bitcoin, I would also be able to see the balance that you had in your address as well. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, The ledger is open. There are no secrets on the Bitcoin ledger. And now... The same is true of the Dash ledger, we have no secrets, we don't hide any information, but we added a tool that allows you to mix your Dash with tens, hundreds, even thousands of other Dash users, and that allows you to stop the chain of of surveillance on any of your coins so to paint an example for you mc if you wanted to send me that half a dash say in your dash wallet you had three dash before you sent me that half a dash you would push the mix it's technically called private send that's our brand name for it you would press the button in the in your wallet called private send, and it would subdivide your three dash into smaller uniform denominations. It would subdivide it into maybe one dash and 10.1 dashes, and then several more .01 dashes. And now that you have these uniform denominations, your wallet will then swap them with the uniform denominations of tens or hundreds of other people before sending me that half a dash. And so by the time you send me the half a dash, all I see is that there were tens or hundreds of inputs of 0.1 0.1, .1, .1, I have no idea where any of them came from. There are far too many possibilities of who could have owned these Dash for me to be able to have any idea of, of where they came from. And so that's an optional feature that you can use in Dash to protect your financial privacy if and whenever you want to.
0: You're listening to Amanda B. Johnson on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. International Coffee Farms is a real estate-based specialty coffee farm ownership opportunity. You can own deeded, half-acre parcels in title, already operating specialty coffee farms in Bogete, Panama. They are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts with sustainable average income of 12% and with cash flow beginning in 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm goes towards a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates eight specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama, with parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a parcel owner, you can download your free income Opportunity report at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Panama. You're listening to Amanda B. Johnson on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. That's very interesting. And the other uh, challenge that I've seen out there too, and this might be more regarding Bitcoin is the scalability. Just through some of the research I've seen that that's one of the things holding Bitcoin back to become a medium of exchange, because there's only a limited amount of that. Can you speak about uh, some of the solutions that a uh, option such as Dash would provide regarding the scalability?
2: Sure. So I guess uh, I would have to define scalability first and tell me if this definition works for you. But I would say that uh, scalability is the ability to take on more users, and potentially many, many more users. Orders of magnitude upon orders of magnitude, more users. Um, And I would guess that one of the reasons you've heard that Bitcoin has scalability issues is that their infrastructure is not entirely incentivized. Now, let me explain what that means. As I had mentioned earlier, MC... Uh, it used to be that everybody using Bitcoin ran a full copy of the ledger. That's just the way it was. When that became not the case, when full copies of the ledger were just run by more specialized, more professional people, uh, the, the numbers of copies of the Bitcoin ledger on the face of this earth began to plummet. And that is a dangerous thing for a crypto token network because not only do we, of course, want as many copies of the ledger as possible for security reasons, you know, in case there's a power outage somewhere, an internet outage somewhere, a flood or an earthquake somewhere, uh, but it also, every, every instance of the ledger also acts as a relay point. So it helps us to be faster to update the ledger faster the more instances of it that we can have so bitcoin has two pieces of infrastructure they have their miners who are paid and they have their non-mining copies of the ledger called nodes and they're not paid it's a volunteer position. It's a, it's a volunteer position to keep, what is it, 10, 12, 20 gigabytes, whatever it is, of the Bitcoin ledger on your computer just for funsies as a volunteer thing. And that could maybe sort of work for a while. Certainly there will always be volunteers, but what about how, how much more reliable could a system be, how much more scalable could a system be if those copies of the blockchain, the nodes, I'm sorry, copies of the ledger, the, those words are interchangeable. Blockchain and ledger, those are interchangeable. How much more reliable would a network be if the copies of the ledger were paid how how much more could we call upon them? How much more disk space could we expect them to have available? How much more uptime could we expect them to be online if they were paid, just like miners? And so that is what we do at Dash. That is probably why many consider us to have a better shot at scalability, because we, if you look at a chart of Bitcoin's full node count versus Dash's full node count, uh, they're completely inverse. Uh, Bitcoin's market capitalization is something like two orders of magnitude greater than Dash's at this time. We have a hundred and fifty million dollar market cap, roughly, and Bitcoin's is something like sixteen billion. And yet, our infrastructure is almost the same size as theirs. They have something like fifty-two or fifty-three hundred full nodes and we have something like 4,900 or 5,000 full nodes, we've almost matched their entire infrastructure. And so, if I mean, can you imagine if we were to get to a $16 billion market cap, how much more robust our infrastructure would be at that point? Now, the other side to scalability, uh, aside from the infrastructure issue, is simply how many transactions per second... Could you theoretically process? It it seems to have wide consensus within the crypto sphere that it is not possible to reach Visa and Mastercard processing levels if all of those transactions are written directly to the ledger. I think that Visa and Mastercard can process potentially even thousands of transactions per second. And so there seems to be wide consensus that thousands of transactions per second cannot be written directly to the ledger, but they can be sort of batch processed onto the ledger. Now, there has been talk, but it's been limited to mostly talk, about this sort of thing happening in Bitcoin Uh, there's some, there's been a sort of white paper published about something called a lightning network, but the, but a a sort of lightning network that is a batch payment processor. So a batch payment processing network can really only happen if there is a a second tier of infrastructure that is if there is if there's a kind of infrastructure out there above and beyond just the miners and bitcoin does not have that whether or not they ever implement that remains to be seen uh dash however does have that already and we've had it for about a year and a half so in addition to miners which we have we also have a second piece of infrastructure and this is called the Masternode. The Masternode is the one that facilitates the coin mixing. The Masternode is the one that provides instant confirmations so that you can use crypto tokens to make real-world purchases uh, at the point of sale, for example to pay for a coffee and turn around and walk out the door and both parties can be sure that the payment is has been made and is not reversible. Uh, We're the only cryptocurrency that can do that, by the way. This masternode tier of infrastructure uh, can also facilitate this sort of batch payment processing to reach Visa and MasterCard levels. We have not implemented that yet. That is on our roadmap for, I believe, 2018, if I recall reading the roadmap correctly. Uh, but we are we are on our way, and being the only cryptocurrency with a second tier of infrastructure, we may be the only network that is even pre- prepared or equipped to offer that kind of, of transaction scalability.
0: Very, very interesting. Now, if I'm a complete newbie and I don't own any Dash, how do I get started? I can set up a wallet from the, the website, or is there um, like a cryptocurrency... Um, quote-unquote bank, like a Coinbase, for example, or exchanges that I can go on and buy a Dash and hold my Dash with? How, how does someone uh, get started?
2: Sure. So at this time, like I said, we've not yet launched Evolution. So if you are very, uh, I guess, technic- if you are a technophobe, if you really do not want to be bothered with downloading your own wallet and backing up your own private key for your own uh, security, meaning, meaning redundancy, meaning if the computer that your wallet resided on were lost or stolen or destroyed or something, that you would still have access to your funds via that private key backup. If you don't want to mess with any of that, but you still would like to purchase some Dash before we release the much easier to use Evolution, Yes, like you said MC, it is easier to you to to use an exchange or or something like a Coinbase. We're not on Coinbase yet, but we are on many exchanges. It is much easier to buy dash and 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 leave them on that exchange. Of course, this must come with the disclaimer that any crypto tokens that you leave on an exchange uh they are the ones holding the private key for it so it's very much like you said a bank mc um and and cryptocurrency banks don't always have the best reputations uh they have sometimes cryptocurrency banks have been known to per- perform exit scams to take the money and run and that is uh, that is an that is an unfortunate side effect of of a system that is currently that can that currently enables you to be your own bank, but only if you feel comfortable enough with some, with your computer. Right. However, so 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 I've given the disclaimer, so I can feel comfortable about moving on. Um, so yes, we're we're sold on all major cryptocurrency exchanges, I think. But if if you're talking about a person who say, wants to buy Dash with dollars. Uh, I would say the best way will be available here in two weeks, I think. Uh, There is a site called wallofcoins.com. So it's W-A-L-L-O-F-C-O-I-N-S dot com. And they offer a very novel way... Of buying crypto tokens. Uh, currently, they only support Bitcoin, but here in about two weeks, they will be adding Dash, full support for Dash. And I've used Wall of Coins myself uh, a couple of years ago to buy Bitcoin at the time. So I'll just describe to you briefly how it works. Basically, you go to wallofcoins.com, you put in your zip code, and you say how much Dash you want to buy in dollar value $50, $100, whatever you want. And it tells you the location of various bank branches around you, be it, you know, a Bank of America, a Chase, whatever, where an account holder at that bank branch is selling Dash. And and it tells you the price they're selling Dash at, you know, maybe it's a dollar, or rather like 1% over spot or at spot, whatever. You choose the price that is most favorable to you, and then the person selling the Dash puts it in escrow on wallofcoins.com. So the wall of coins administrators hold that Dash in escrow for you while you go and make a simple cash deposit at that bank branch with that person's account number. And then once you've made the cash deposit at the bank branch, wall of coins releases the Dash to you. Now, what I'm describing here is a process in which you would hold your own private key. So you would not have the risk of having your Dash on an exchange that doesn't end up being a reputable exchange. And you would find any of these wallets to match whatever type of computer you have by visiting dash.org slash downloads. And for the most simple way of buying that is okay you don't use you say you don't want to hold it on your computer you want to hold it on a website and you want to make something like a credit or debit card buy. we are not yet on any exchange that does that We're basic we're not we're not on coinbase yet coinbase being the main one we're hoping to get on a service that offers something that's that easy that's that swipe and go sooner than later, and if and when that happens, more like when, if you ask me, I would be happy to let you know about it, MC, so that you can let your listeners know.
0: Yeah, that would be very exciting. Just so now, from a user-friendly standpoint, what does Dash Evolution look like when, it, when it's launched?
2: Sure. So, it will be so, so what I've been talking about now, the whole like backing up of your private keys and, oh, if, if you didn't back up the private key on your phone wallet and you accidentally run over your phone with your car, your funds are gone. So that, that's, in cryptocurrency, the, we call that like uh, the device-specific wallet, where the funds only reside on that device. You can't, you can't open up those same funds on your desktop you can't open up those same funds on your on your tablet. It's it's a pain. It's not at all convenient. It's not at all like what people are used to. For example, logging onto a web app from any device and being able to access the very same bank account with the very same username and password. Well, that's what Evo- Dash Evolution will be. You will, instead of having uh, a, a single device-specific wallet, Dash Evolution will offer more of an account, which is a single username and password, will be able to access your Dash from any device using any web app or mobile app that supports Evolution sign-ins. So the way that you'll be able, of course, there, there has to be a way that you are holding your own private key data in order for you to be your own bank otherwise otherwise we can't be our own bank so there will be one time when you first create a dash evolution wallet when you first create that username and password that will log you in anytime anywhere from any device henceforth at that one instance of sign up you will be given a series of words something like 12 words or 18 words and you will be prompted to write down those words on a piece of paper and to store that piece of paper in a safe place and to not, make a, to not make a digital copy of it that you leave on your computer. Reason being, those 12 to 18 words, they represent your private key that allows you to be your own bank of all of your own Dash funds indefinitely. So that one momentary instance of inconvenience aside that is of of writing down that list of words your username and password will access your dash funds from any device from web or mobile
0: Very very interesting uh now you are operating in a very interesting space that is continuously changing Every day, <laughs> maybe Tell by the hour, it. Um, it so I always try and learn from wealthy and successful people that what are they studying and and what skill sets are they learning so what are you currently studying within the space and, and in your personal life, and what skill sets are you learning
2: oh that's funny I didn't expect any questions like this <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's see what am I studying within the space i I don't just watch Dash. I watch all of our competitors as well because I like to I like to analyze their systems, both the incentives and the disincentives present in their systems, and then make predictions on what will happen within their system based on those. So I take great delight in being right. I don't post about it online or anything, but I like to check into our competitors frequently and and just and just make mental note of what causes lead to what effects so that, mis- that so that the mistakes that they are making can be avoided and that any successes that they are finding can be replicated other than that outside of the cryptosphere i guess i've begun I've begun reading mystery and thriller novels for the first time. I never really did that before, but I I I like to um I like to just sit down with an enthralling book and just finish it within 24 hours. And I fi- I find it very relaxing. I find it very entertaining. And as you said, MC, because this cryptosphere is so ever-changing and is so vibrant, it, it can be exhausting if one does not m- take the time for purposeful rest and fun and relaxation so i in addition to these mystery and thriller novels that i've just been plowing through uh i also love a good series uh i'm rewatching breaking bad for the second no third time <laughs> And my partner Pete and I are also re-watching Game of Thrones for a second time and and I just I, I, I love it. it's so to me, I feel like it serves a primal need in that probably for the longest time, humans uh, gathered around you know maybe a fire and told each other stories at nights and passed down stories as well and And I don't really have anybody telling me stories at night and and I think a part of me really wants that, and so I find sitting down with a really excellent series uh fulfills that same need for for it, my brain processing like hero stories and villain stories and stories of conflict and stories of revolution or not revolution i'm sorry resolution resolution of problems and and that really uh that really serves a need for me and I guess finally, I would mention. I don't know if any of your listeners have heard of this or not. I certainly hadn't when I first came across it about three years ago. But there is a relatively new phenomena called ASMR. Stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Not new in that the thing itself is new, but new in that it's only recently been given a name. And that is a... Go on YouTube, type in the word the the letters ASMR, no spaces, and you will find tens of thousands of videos that have been made for the express purpose of giving the listener the tingles or 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 the chills or feelings of immense relaxation and <laughs> It, and I I can I, I, I listen to this stuff for hours sometimes. There's a form of ASMR called just tapping, just regular tapping. And so sometimes while I work, I will listen to videos of someone rapidly tapping on like a piece of wood or something. And I, I know it sounds weird, but it totally zens me out. Or other times, if I am looking for some deep relaxation, I will listen. She's probably the most famous ASMR artist on YouTube. Her name is Maria. If you just type in Maria ASMR, you'll find her videos. And it's just like, it almost makes me feel like I'm six years old again, and, you know, my mother is brushing my hair. And it's just this again, I think it serves a primal sort of purpose in my brain to be paid intimate attention to and to be fond over. And it's relaxing in the way that maybe like a nice warm bath and a hairbrush is relaxing for a child. And so I would, I would say those, those are my side hobbies.
0: Oh, very, that's very, very interesting. I'll, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, A core message in our show is to leave our families and communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money or cryptocurrency tokens. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be?
2: Sure. So the first principle – that i i personally adhere to is that everything is the market or rather anything that is not of nature anything that exists that does not that does not exist naturally exists because there was a market demand for it uh i don't see a line between uh, states and markets or or personal relationships and markets. To me, it it all can be simplified down to supply and demand. Uh, Secondly, I really like the quote from Buckminster Fuller that I would take to be a personal principle that goes something to the effect of there is no sense in fighting any existing model or system rather build a new better system or model that makes the old system or model obsolete. I, I had to, I I learned this principle the hard way in that, um, Several several years ago, I joined up with the, the End the Fed campaigns because I felt that um, the, the current Federal Reserve System of the U.S. dollar uh, was not transparent, was not in the best interest of the vast majority of its users, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what good did ending the Fed do? Nothing. The Fed is still there. And so fighting against this sort of model, which I didn't like, achieved nothing. Whereas, my goodness, fast forward a couple of years later, I find this sort of uh, alternative model that if it can be proven to be better, uh, it may well make the old model obsolete. And that might actually work. Uh, Thirdly, uh, as a principle, I would say... I believe that the market, which is the aggregate of all of the actions of all humans everywhere at all times, I believe that the market will pay you what it thinks you're worth. I've seen a good deal of what I would call exemplary behavior from longtime developers at Dash, in that they don't respond to they don't respond to anything other than the influence of capital that is they don't respond to verbal attacks they don't respond to verbal hype they don't respond to passing fads and trends and bubbles they seek only to attract as much capital from the market as they can. And that basically results in them keeping their heads down and, and churning out good work and not getting caught up in the immense drama that can and does and has taken place in the crypto sphere. And I believe that the results of that decision are paying off every day.
0: No, those are fantastic principles. And I really love the... A Bucky Fuller quote as well. He's he's fantastic books that he's written through the years, from Critical Path to the Grunch of Giants. And uh, no, I definitely agree with you too as far as the monet, global monetary system. You know, and I've spoken about it on this show before that you know we're in for very turbulent times. There's an old system that's kind of fading away, um, and collapse, uh, collapsing within itself, um. And there are new systems that are extremely exciting, um, such as this cryptocurrency uh, space and system come rising, um, ready to uh, eventually replace the old failing system. So I, th- those are fantastic principles. Amanda, how can my audience learn more about you and Dash and um, your show on YouTube and your channel and all the projects that you're involved with?
2: Sure. So for anybody who still feels like, whoa, what is this cryptocurrency thing? For anybody who would like to get a more basic understanding of it all, have it explained to you in a classroom-like setting. I just so happened to make a fairly popular six-video series on YouTube called Dash School. So if you just go to YouTube and type in dash space school, you will find this six-video series that explains blockchains like your five, and the whole thing can be watched in under an hour. Aside from that, uh, I publish a news update about Dash every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time at youtube.com slash dash org, or you could just find it by searching for Dash Detailed either way. And then, of course, if you're on Twitter, I am also at Dash Detailed.
0: Fantastic. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge around this really exciting space and and cryptocurrencies and all the exciting uh, things happening at Dash. This has been a blast and I learned a lot. So it's been a fantastic experience. Thank thank you for coming on. Thanks, MC. Hi, this is MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the President and Chief Wealth Strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy. According to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at infocashflowninja.com at and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you for joining my guest, Amanda B. Johnson, and myself on The Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at The Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life, so if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, and bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. Coffee is a proven product in a $90 billion industry worldwide. Through international coffee farms, you have a chance to own and operate your own half-acre parcels in a specialty coffee farm in Panama, professionally turnkey managed for you. You can download your coffee farm ownership opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
1: You have been listening to The Cash Flow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, cashflowninja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals. And you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.